0: Welcome to The World in 10. It's a chance for us to showcase some of the stories that have caught our attention from our brilliant team of contributors and columnists at The Times of London. I'm Jenny Barsby. Coming up on today's podcast, we highlight the growing cases of sexual violence against Ukrainian soldiers at the hands of Russia. Also, we hear about which country's players suffered the worst online abuse during the Football World Cup, plus how India's government is encouraging its civil servants to take regular yoga breaks. That's all coming up in the next 10 minutes. I'm starting today's podcast with warning because some of what you're about to hear is deeply upsetting. Christina Lam, the Times' chief foreign correspondent, has written today about the growing use of sexual violence by Russian troops against captured Ukrainian soldiers and what she's found out is harrowing. Christina's interviewed a psychologist who's been working with two young men who were tortured. I'll let her take up the story. This psychologist treats
1: the most sort of challenging cases, um, mostly young men under 35 who've come back from fighting. Um, And she told me that she's been treating these two men who initially couldn't even tell her what had happened to them because it was so difficult and eventually, after a month of speaking to her, they told her that they had been forced to lie down and uh, bound, and a Russian soldier had come with a knife and castrated them. She said to me, she's never... It was the first time she'd not behaved professionally. She just. She told them that she needed a bathroom because she just had to go and cry, and she didn't want them to see. Uh, that because they might feel that there was no help.
0: I admit when I read what happened, it moved me to tears. These two men are in the prime of their lives but will never be able to be sexually active again. As the psychologist told Christina, for a young man, this is the worst thing.
1: These aren't one-off cases because they said that, you know, these soldiers knew what they were doing Um and she knows other psychologists who are treating men who this has happened to. And in fact, after my story was put online, one of the Ukrainian newspapers have posted saying that they've heard of hundreds of cases.
0: Amazingly, one of these two men has gone back to the front to fight in Ukraine's counter-offensive Christina told the World in 10 what reasons the psychologist gave for doing this.
1: He thought it would be easier for him because it
0: would be a distraction.
1: He wouldn't be around women. I mean, there are a few female snipers and paramedics and drone operators, but they are very few. So most places, you know, it's with the poor men. And that he also wanted revenge, but she fears because he was suicidal that actually he just sees his life as not worth living
0: and
1: doesn't care if he gets killed.
0: As I mentioned at the start of this piece, Christina's article is upsetting, it's deeply disturbing. But as Mikhailo Podoliak, an advisor to Ukraine's President Zelensky, tweeted, all the world needs to understand. Russia is a country of cannibals who enjoy torture and murder. But the fog of war will not help Russian executioners avoid punishment. You can read Christina Lamb's piece in full now on The Times website. Now, I'd like you to cast your minds back to October 2022. All eyes were on Qatar and the Football World Cup, but sadly, we know there's a very ugly side to the beautiful game and the extent of that ugly side has been laid bare in a report by FIFA, the sports world governing body, on the amount of abuse suffered online by different teams during the tournament. The Sunday Times football correspondent Jonathan Norcroft has read through it and written an article in today's online edition. Almost 20,000 posts, he writes, were flagged as abusive during the World Cup with a further 286,000 comments hidden from public view. The report goes on to say 38% of abuse across the whole tournament came from Europe, while 36% came from South America. The England and French teams suffered the worst of the abuse, with the largest spike when they played each other. Jonathan drills down into the entire report, in much more detail than I can even touch on here, writing about the different types of abuse and how long it stayed online for. He also writes about Vinicius Jr., He's a Brazilian player who's recently highlighted the horrific abuse he's suffered this season while playing for Real Madrid. This doesn't happen just on the pitch. This doesn't happen just in Spain. It happens everywhere. And not everyone can say it with the strength I have to say it. And I hope I continue doing this, not just by being strong off the pitch,
1: but also with everything I do
0: on the pitch so that I can help continue helping those who need it. The FIFA report coincides with the United Nations International Day for Countering Hate Speech. You can read Jonathan Norcroft's article in full now on The Times website. Yoga, the spiritual and physical discipline widely practiced for health and relaxation. It's bloomed globally over the years, but most hardworking yogis, myself included, will admit to not always having the time to fit it into our daily schedules as much as we'd like. However, in India, the birthplace of yoga, the government is encouraging all its civil servants to take yoga breaks in the same way they take a coffee break. The Times India correspondent Amrit Dillon's written about this and my colleague Amy Gill sat down with her earlier this week.
1: Amrit, as always, it's a pleasure to have you on The World in 10. So tell me about this yoga break policy.
2: So this is a short truncated little routine. I don't know how long it is. I'm guessing it's about 10 minutes max, maybe a little bit more. And the idea is that while doing these uh, stretches, a bit of meditation, some breathing exercises, the idea was that they will end up being kind of refreshed, rejuvenated and uh, can refocus on their work. And what was the drive behind its implementation? Climate Center Modi is a practitioner himself. He does tw- about 20 minutes of yoga every morning. And his government has been very keen to promote yoga as India's gift to the world. So at any opportunity, for example, when it's International Yoga Day, um, he will be seen along with other cabinet ministers out in the open during a mass session of yoga. And so I think he sees it as India's soft power. So, with the government behind the scheme, and as you said, Prime Minister Modi's love of yoga, have there been some pushback from minority groups? For some Muslims, there is a a bit of an issue. Some regard it purely as a form of exercise, which is useful, and so everyone should do it regardless of religion. But there were certain aspects of it, such as the salutation to the sun, which I think is one posture or one exercise they feel is religious in nature and they will not want to do it
1: again thank you for joining us amrit and if listeners want to read more about this policy they can take out a subscription to the times namaste
0: my type of person and so it's so good to have them around full time believe it or not that was taylor swift Well, actually, it was TikToker Nina Dellinger lip-reading Taylor Swift as she was talking to singer-songwriter Phoebe Bridges at an awards show. The video, which has more than 5 million views, is part of a larger TikTok trend where experts like Nina lip-read celebrity mutterings in public. In a piece earlier this week, The Times West Coast correspondent Kieran Southern wrote about this trend and got to interview Nina He writes that interest in certain celebrities, like Taylor Swift, is intense. Or take Olivia Rodrigo, who features in one of Nina's most popular videos, where she's talking to a friend at an LA Lakers game about an unknown man who is texting her. It's not just singers who prove popular in lip-reading videos, though. Experts have lip-read members of the royal family during the king's coronation. But with videos catching public figures in unguarded moments, I asked Kieran whether privacy was an issue.
1: Nina draws a distinction between videos on red carpets and stuff or in, in a public setting. She said she feels fine lit reading those, but she would never, for example, if a celebrity was caught in a totally private moment at a house or in a garden or something, that she would never lit read that. And she says it's important for her that her account Um, does not become entirely about celebrity gossip. I mean, she could get an even bigger audience if if she was willing to sort of drop those rules, but she's, she's quite insistent that that won't happen.
0: Well, the world of sport is a bit more savvy when it comes to this. If you ever watch a game of English football, you'll often see players and coaches cover their mouths when they talk. So celebrities may have to start being a bit more guarded about what they say in public especially as Nina has big plans to grow her audience. And that is it for today's World in 10. We're back tomorrow.